So as we uh, come to the closing time of the retreat, just to uh, express my appreciation uh, for people who organized the organizing and working together, cooperating, and one of the main organizers wasn't able to come and uh, very graciously um, she offered a flight, my flight to Thailand from England and back again and uh, so that's what's, you know, I'm coming here on that uh, that act of generosity and altruism this is really the beautiful thing you see in cultivation of Dharma practice, people just bringing forth goodness and uh, you know, we can all share in it it doesn't matter you know, everybody just gives what they can to it that's the way it works and we can all benefit so beautiful from that sense of just cooperating around the theme also just express appreciation for everyone who's who's participated with good spirit and willingness and help to maintain the boundaries of the sila and the restraint um, yeah. and you know, basically follow the forms and the routines with a good heart yeah, it's, it's, you know, so we have to give a little bit to just sustain a, you know, a, this composure uh, uh, that we can sit with it so we will benefit everybody's efforts to do that you know, we all all can enjoy the benefits of that now, when your retreat comes to an end just bear in mind these qualities of boundaries that are, that are uh, cooperative boundaries that are necessary to, to allow this Dhamma to flourish take root and grow and it's often through the lack of this clear boundaries that Dhamma doesn't grow and the jitta doesn't grow you know, it's like uh, you know, if you want to bring up a child you have to give it a safe place to live in uh, you know, basic, that's the first thing you know, that's absolutely necessary Some, something to hold it, or it then, it then it will grow and uh, you know. so to take the sense of that with you, you know, establish your boundaries and to stay within them to find what reasonable boundaries the boundary of behavior to do with obviously with moral integrity and that's something you you don't just take precepts once you sustain that quality through your ongoing awareness and speech and action yeah. and restraint so collecting yourself on what you're doing so the world is by and large 
very much um, a place of chaotic, random, you know, some good, some bad, some dreadful, some very fast, you know, a lot of chaotic energies. And so we do need to both, you know, connect ourselves on what's important. Yeah. And be aware there's a lot of things that can pull you out. And most of them have got something important, or everybody else does this, or it's got some honey on it, you know, something sweet on it. You know, a bit of bait to pull you out. <laughs> Convenient, easier. Uh, and then just, you know, recognize and making these choices. Sense consciousness is, is like is is very limited. It doesn't go beyond you know, suffering. Absolutely not. So you know, as I say, certainly the, for a for a, for a monk, this is this is all just something that living according to the Vinian training oneself in terms of bodily deportment, speech. Association with wisest is all established. You know, you can break it, but you've certainly got this inheritance of something that's been kept, you know, as, as a living thing for thousands of years, and of course people do break it, but it's still there. We can still train in it. You know, in fact, even wearing robes certainly slows you down. You can't go climbing trees and jumping up, up and down with this lot on. <laughs> can't go dancing or anything. So, so it's a built-in restraint system. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it's kind of clumsy, but then it's also extremely light. You know, you just throw a robe on, that's it, you know, to think about. Uh, you know, anything more than that, just, just throwing a cloth around your body. You know, so also looking at simplification, what, what you what you need, and these again will certainly um, help to uh, restrain or not give food to all the outflows that pull out, where the mind runs out into colours and shapes and forms and styles and you know all that running out. So the more we can check that running out of the jitta into consciousness, into sense consciousness, is the story of, this is the story of, of the samsara, you know, the running out. And the run out, jitta doesn't know itself, awareness doesn't know itself. It's always conjoined with some sort of sight, sound, action, possibilities, mind stuff, projects, ideas. This awareness is there, but it's always like, you know, awareness is like the water and all these colours you know, onto the water. Mm. So, do we know the quality of awareness itself when it is running out? How can that be known? Now, through restraint and then 
restraining this and that and this and that, then what, what's left? Is the something that the meditator, but the cultivator, gets in touch with. They can experience the mind, or they can experience being with the mind, not being in it. They can experience sights and sounds, or they sense of being with it rather than in it. Just that shift gives you a choice, gives some angle then you can collect more fully onto what's worthwhile. So just cultivating that, that restraint, collecting, drawing back in chitta. Something precious here to be looked after. Something easily lost. The world in general uh, loses it many times. Very easy to do. When we've inherited this teaching, an example of the Buddha, you know, the systems, the practices, then, you know, we've been blessed to realize there is a way out of dukkha, suffering, stress. Our responsibility is to know that which can be out. It's not sight, sound, thought, touch, flavor, awareness of these. So, to be very practical, you know, in, in life, in lay life, well, the most practical step maybe is to leave lay life. <laughs> Go forth, but anyway, that's... Uh, <laughs> another story uh, you know but so you have to clearly you know keeping precepts having a sense of conscience and concern making your choices recognizing there's always going to be much more to do much more to think much more to see than is really that you can properly you know be with and understand and make use of so it's got to be a considerable um, filtering out uh, of that and some discipline you know which is to establish times of formal practice make, try to make a determination if every day so you, you have uh, a time boundary time boundary so you know I don't you know do stuff until a certain hour in the morning so I've got some time in the morning I deliberately cultivate that mindfulness, awareness, um, you know, puja, practice, just deliberately, we need to do this. And end of the day, time when I put things down, stop, put things down. Uh, try to um, remind us that this bhavana is a little more the meditation, you know, it's the whole sense of just sensing the body, coming into the body, refreshing, doing some exercise, um, recollecting, reflecting on the day, you know, something where there's really your chitta is being looked after, 
purely ser- servicing your, your jitta, servicing your heart, servicing your awareness, however that is, in any of these postures, sitting, standing, walking, reclining, you know, that we're just looking to that rather than, you know, spending time deliberately doing that. And certainly in the beginning of the day, ending the day, you know, it's like, can you get through a day without taking a wash? Washing your body. Do you ever wash, do you wash your mind? If I had to choose between washing my body and washing my mind, I know what I can do, I would do. Much more important. So much damage you can do yourself with an arm trained, uncared for mind. So much damage you can do others. Grubby body doesn't do that much harm. <laughs> Just, you know. <laughs> then, but then, as I've recommended, you can use the, the also the boundary of energy. Um, so the more you get in touch with this vital quality of, of energy, vitality, that runs with your thought, with your moods, emotions, impulses, choices. There's energy there that goes, you know, that applies itself. You know, to think requires some kind of energy to get those going. So every thought takes energy. Yeah. Emotions, impulses, actions from the heart take energy. They rely on it. And the, 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 so the body generates that. You can't generate energy with your mind. You can draw from the energy source. You can say, okay, Right, I'm really going to make a big determined effort to do this work. And you draw. You can draw energy from the resource. But you, you know, you can draw energy from the resource to do your work, to do what you need to do. But you should really recognize this resource is not infinite. It's only, you know, and it's getting less. <laughs> Now we can do exercises such as Qigong, or even meditation definitely does restore energy if, you, if, you, if you're good at it. And the simple principle is you learn to sense energy, and you can sense it, and you can do these exercises to develop it, spread it through your body, and, and just contain it, don't spit it out. Um, and then you're building up your bank account, and you can draw from that. Mm. Now you don't get energy from food, you don't get energy from tea or coffee. What they do is they stimulate the body to give you some energy, it all comes from this. So respecting that, respecting energy, where do you want to put your energy? Where do you want to distribute that and how do you restore it so boundary of energy 
And this helps them to maintain the others because you can send yourself speeding up, getting panicky or over, over rushing too fast and you just check that steady your energy. Doesn't mean you don't do things, it means you come into collectedness when you do work, practice, use that. And just that action, you're doing this throughout the day, you know, it doesn't take, after you get, know what it is, it doesn't take you long, you know, minute, even less, pause, where's my feet, is my body here, just check, just cut engines for a little time, stay with that. When you do this several times a day, you find you're not, not um, leaky, you know. You can easily get into this momentum of running on to this and to that and to this and the momentum, the ongoing wheel of, of life. And it's, kind of, it's, it's quite agreeable running on like that, flowing, running on like that. But then you get to the... You know, if there's no brakes and no gears, so if you're able to check, pause, maintain boundary of energy, is this, and this also is is how you can cultivate this for your formal meditation, because as you become more aware of that. That, that quality of energy, then this is a way where you can you know, calm the mind quite quickly. You go to the energy in your mind, in your heart, and you begin to know how to, to turn it down, how to refine it. First of all, only the body knows how to do that. Sometimes it takes a while to, even to know that your body knows how to calm down. But eventually, it's clear that the body knows how to just, you know, relax, firm up. And if you're aware of that, then this is a tremendous asset for meditation. Because as you become aware of it, you begin to sense there's this medium, not thought, not an emotion, not breath, but behind it all. And you can sense that, and you're able to direct that at will. You have some say over it. You can switch your thinking off. You can turn down the intentionality. You can soften, compose, collect. This is tremendously helpful, because rather than dealing with all the thoughts, you go to the, the current. You know, this is rather than, if you imagine thoughts are like birds in the trees, or chattering and squabbling with each other. And you try and you go around and try and get the birds out, and you swap one of them, and another two come back, and they start squawking and fighting. So you get another one, you knock that around, another two come back. You're just chasing these birds all day long. What happens if you just took the tree and pulled it down? <laughs> you know? Birds, hey. 
they go away, don't they? This is what we do, we just go to that, that root of energy and say, just now. Feel, feel what's happening in your blood, in your feet, in your body. Turn it down. Or even just turn it down. And so this means you're, you're more you touch into this, you can, you know, draw to in towards samadhi, towards collectedness, much more directly. Now, you know, and it clarifies. Because some of those birds in the trees have got some very convincing messages. We get into responsibility, obligations, planning. The mind easily goes into that. Responsibilities, obligations, planning. And, uh, you know, just your responsibility is now to not just follow, but to lead. So you, it's the difference between working and service. So working is you, you something, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Something outside is saying it's service is I choose this. And you can do just as much output through service as you do through work. It's a different place, different basis. Now you probably, as we all recognize you, <coughs> feel maybe you have colleagues, family, friends, uh, who rely upon you. You have some concerns about them and this and, and they're not really doing, they're not really living skillfully. Um, you know, they, they don't settle down, they don't meditate, they don't keep precepts and you feel obliged to, to um, go along with them or support it. Just be very, uh, you've got to look at this issue very clearly as to um, how much support you're giving by just going along with it. <coughs> Might be a service to be able to just clearly state what you're about, where you're at, and why. Yeah. Might be that be a service to be truthful. So, you know, we, we, uh, we, we create a certain form for our lives. And they can't, I don't see how you can possibly develop without a form to refer to, to protect, to use, to be able to return to, something you can put your heart into establishing a life form uh, and it must be for the benefit of those who can listen, those who are seeking guidance and that's the people you can help 
those, that's the people you can really be of most use and help to. So this by itself generally starts to create a certain boundary of association. It's not just rejecting people, it's just you realize, you know, something you just don't have any business with. Now, you establish where you are, what you're about, then you see who wants to be with you, who's interested, who's who you can participate in your life with. And so that people will benefit from that. But it's very important to give consideration to how authentic, to be authentically in touch and living and presenting what's meaningful to you. So you you show people this is what I'm about, not about that. So, you know, it comes down to to, um, where you go and what you do. And very often, you know, in, in, in lay life, you know, you be with people who it's business or something, you know, have a drink. You know, it's not going to get drunk, it's just a beer or so what? Does that do any harm? That much harm? Does it do any good? Or do you just feel nervous about or embarrassed about making some kind of moral stand about these things? Is it possible just to say, oh, I don't know for me, thanks, no. And just keep quiet about it, but just do what you do. Because um, even though you don't necessarily get drunk, still you you're kind of supporting a sense in which this alcohol is really nothing to be too concerned about. We, we, we contribute to that sense that oh, alcohol is fine, nothing to be concerned about, it's a normal thing. It, normal thing, a nothing, big deal, so what? Do you know how much crime Violence, abuse towards other people occurs through alcohol. You know, people beating each other up, rape, violence, violation, murder. Somebody gets a few drinks, gets excited, and, you know, through murder. How many car accidents? How many people get knocked off their bikes by somebody who's had a drink? How much money you spend in it? So we consider maybe it's so you know rather than just the well, I've got a bottle here in case somebody comes around. I don't drink myself. It's to be sociable. And then you're still supporting the idea that alcohol is kind of okay. <laughs> what what good does it do? How much harm does it do? So 
you know, in looking after yourself and being true to yourself, you can also be um, a support for others to wake up, to be, to be, to notice, to well, doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. Seems a reasonable person doesn't drink. What's that about? You know, just helps to nudge attention to these things. Of course, there are many ways in which we can, as consumers, people who spend and buy things, you know, have that power to support um, industries, businesses that uh, are useful, produce useful things, and or not. You know. And so, most of the you know, world really it work, runs on money. Is, is the supreme religion of mankind. It doesn't matter whether it's Chinese, American, Russian, Saudi Arabia, it's, it's, it's money, does it? Uh, so when we use this stuff as lay people, as people using money, just be aware of you know, what you're supporting and how happy you feel about that. So this sense of making choices. Very helpful. And your life becomes clearer and you recognise you're exercising this quality of awareness, sensitivity, conscience and concern. Who knows, you know, you not buying something, perhaps it's not going to make it a big effect, but it's affecting somebody, you. <laughs> you know, it, it's affecting you, and it's giving you a sense of strength and purpose and clarity and focus and dis- decision, decisiveness. You know, we're not just drifting along with it. Uh, and that's the, mo- that's the person you can really rescue <laughs> from this. Uh, and be a, a guide for others. So very much, re, re, you know, boundary of, of, of resources, association, what we spend our money on, what you spend your money on, what you put your attention into. It's good to look at, um, reflect on media. These are very um, hypnotic um, um, systems. They're there to entertain us, to draw us in, sometimes informative, um, mostly just to keep the mind busy. So if we're in that, we're not cultivating, we're not thinking of other things. So, good to exercise restraint over media. I don't know how much you put in. Careful attention, what we give our attention to. So boundaries like that mean you're learning to value the quality of attention rather than just let it be used up with any old thing. All this is gathering together, this is a forms and 
you know I have a, a good degree of form is already established but I have to keep working within that there's plenty of places I can still go out into, go out into and um, you know just to acknowledge and value something beyond the world that we have access to that to our lives are most blessed for ourselves and others when we respect, cherish, develop that is a vehicle for as the precepts say a vehicle for happiness a vehicle for inner wealth a vehicle for cooling and calming therefore let these vehicles be purified so offer this for your reflection this evening